we welcome you into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. There is one word that has dominated this year in the auto industry, the D word, disruption. Inventory concerns, logistics, rising interest rates, a softening consumer side, and tensions that have been building between suppliers and their automaker partners. So as we wind down 2022 and prepare for an equally unknown 2023, it's appropriate to examine where the industry sits at this point in the cycle. How has disruption changed the scope of automotive? Today, with guest Jeff Schuster of LMC Automotive, we take a global and a North American outlook and examine the risks and the current market prospects. Some key points in our discussion. What is the impact of a real recession on volumes as we look at 23 and beyond? Is inventory building? Is the chip crisis over or will it persist? And where is demand? Has it pulled back and will it return to driving where supply is instead of supply driving volume? These are a few talking points on our wrap up to a tumultuous 2022 as we set sail for 23. Jeff Schuster at LMC Automotive is my guest, having spent several decades in the industry examining the trends from multiple perspectives. He has his own market overview on OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, it's always good to be with my friend Jeff Schuster. It's been a while, but welcome to the program. It has been. Thanks very much, Jason. I know you've been at the forefront of uh, what we've been watching all year, which is disruption. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, we're, we are closing out a year where we're still talking about disruption. And I feel like we've been talking about disruption on Automotive Insiders since we started Automotive Insiders. So let's just begin with where the industry is. And maybe you can give a little bit of an overview on uh, your, your current outlook globally, risks and current market prospects. Let's start there. Sure. So yeah, we'll, we'll start with the, the outlook. And then I think we can certainly weave in that, that disruption story. As you said, uh, well, we've, we've been talking about it and monitoring it for quite some time now. And, and it's, uh, uh, I guess the, the short version is it's improving, but we're not there yet in terms of, uh, of no disruption. Uh, but when we look at the overall industry, and I'll take it from a global view, um, you know, we've been trekking in, in, in upward territory, um, kind of a restart of the recovery, and we can really thank what's happening in, in, in China and the, uh, the, the tax benefit that, that took place, which really reignited volumes in China uh, and, and lifted the globe. So uh, prior to September, we had a couple of months uh, where the, the world was running at a, at a a SAR, a seasonally adjusted annualized rate, over 90 million units, and and these are these are pre-pandemic levels. Um, so so it really brought things back. We took a little bit of a a pairing back in September. We were at about an 86 million unit uh, selling rate, but it was a little better than we expected. And and we really looked for that rate, kind of 85 to 90 million unit rate for the remainder of the year. That puts us right now at a year that's slightly up from last year. Um, and by slightly, I mean two-tenths of a percent. So we're just edging into positive territory. And again, without that, that tax benefit in China, we would not be in that, in that situation. Uh, the rest of the world, uh, primarily North America and Europe, are, are uh, off from, from levels a year ago. So let's talk about the impact of a real recession, because that's been the topic in North America, of course, 
What's the effect on volumes? And especially as we close out this year and then go into next year. Yeah. You know, I, I think when you look at that, obviously the, I think if we look at the probability of a recession has greatly increased, uh, certainly for the U S market, um, uh, we're looking at a, a characterized as a, a mild recession right now for next year. Uh, so I, I, but I think, I think this recession scenario and the impact on the industry, again, if we focus on the U.S. for right now, is very different than years past. Uh, certainly a financial crisis or frankly any other recession that we've had where we would see a, uh, a pretty significant decline in auto sales. Because auto sales are so low and so far below trend right now, uh, we would actually expect, even in a recession, a mild recession, uh, volume to increase from where we are this year. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, we're again, we're looking at um, this year, just to put it in in some numbers, uh, we're looking at a, a volume of 13.7 million units is our forecast. That's down from 14.9 last year. Uh, so if we took our lower band of our forecast, uh, we'd be looking at a 14.4 next year. Our, our current forecast is actually uh, in the low 15s. So uh, again, even even with a recession, we're still looking at a volume increase uh, unless we, we get more of a significant recession and a more prolonged recession, which right now is not the expectation. Jeff, I continue to hear about inventory building, albeit slightly. What are you seeing on that side of it? And another thing we've been talking about for more than a year, of course, is the chip crisis. Where are we in the midst of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think if we look at the chip crisis and look at overall disruption, we'll come back to that disruption story. Um, I, I, we're definitely seeing some improvement. Uh, I think if we characterize it uh, 2022 relative to 2021. Um, last year, from our estimation, we, we had about 10 million units of, of impact globally, uh, with more than 90% of that being related to, to chips. Uh, I think if you look at this year, and this is something that we saw a year ago where the expectation was after the first half of the year, things were going to improve. We saw the same thing going into this year, but the reality is uh, that's holding. So we have most of this year's impact in the first half, about three quarters of it. Uh, and now we're, we're calling for an impact of about 7 million units this year. So it is down globally from where it was a year ago. And there's vast improvement in the second half of the year, which we've already seen uh, through the third quarter. Uh, so we continue to see that that improvement expected in the fourth quarter in the first half of next year. But the reality is uh, disruption from chips and other other issues within the supply chain and, and just managing manufacturing is going to be with us through much of 2023, just at a much, uh, much less than it was previously. So it's not going away. Uh, but we do expect inventory to improve. Uh, we're already starting to see that happen in the U.S. Uh, we we moved above that uh, and got into a 30-day supply where we had been hovering in the 20-day range uh, really since the since early uh, 2021. Uh, so there is some improvement there, and I think if we look at other regions, we're seeing uh, also some improvement in inventory levels. It's going to be slow, and it's well below pre-pandemic levels, uh, but but nonetheless, uh, we're moving in the right direction. When do we start to see a normalization? And I'm just going to use 2019 or 2018 as any kind of normalized level as it relates to inventory. Do you can you look out that far and even see it at this point? Yeah, you know, 
and it's a good question because I think the the definition of what normal is probably yeah. changes some. Um, I, I think you know the again using the U.S. example, the sixty to sixty five day supply that we've been used to historically probably isn't where we settle uh, going forward. I think we'll likely have an overbuild initially, uh, just to make sure that we have enough supply out there to feed where demand ultimately settles down. And that is a, a question as well, given uh, the pricing pressures and rising interest rates and, and things like that. Um, but I think I think we'll likely settle somewhere in that that forty-five to fifty-day supply range. Uh, and then I would say, if we get to that that level, that's a that's a healthy level, I think, for the for the industry going forward. So this is not doom and gloom. What I, not at, what I not at all. You. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not at all. I, I think, you know, does the industry face challenges uh, and, and will it continue to face challenges? Absolutely. But I, I, I think the, you know, the industry is resilient. It really, uh, innovation happens through crisis. And, and I think we, you know, we've definitely managed through this as an industry. Uh, and I think as we look forward, um, uh, there is, there is reasons to be optimistic on where this industry is headed. And where is demand? Has it pulled back and will it return to driving where supply is in? St- <clears throat> Let me just rephrase that. Where is demand and has it pulled back completely? And where is that in the, in the typical cycle that we've seen in the past where, you know, it was, it was very demand that we had these demand driven uh, dips as opposed to the supply driven. Where are we in that mix? Yeah, I think we will find that balance. Um, I, I suspect, uh, and what our forecast calls for is really uh, 2023 is where we start to balance that out. Uh, I think we are starting to see a pullback in in certain elements of demand and certain uh, subsegments of of the consumer. Um, we've likely, at least temporarily, if not uh, maybe permanently, shrunk the new car market to an extent because of pricing mm-hmm. pressures and. And rising interest rates, but I think as as those balance out, and as we look look for pricing to uh, to to moderate some, uh, I don't think we're going back to where it was pre pandemic, and I don't think incentives are going back to the levels they were pre pandemic. Uh, just to, uh, to characterize that a little bit, those were running around four thousand dollars on average, uh, really even into twenty twenty, and now they're they're at a thousand or under a thousand dollars on average across vehicles and vehicle pricing at at. $45,000 or more, um, you know, again, likely comes down, but not, not to the, the, the mid thirties that we saw pre pandemic levels. So in that we're going to find a balance. And, and I think that probably takes place in, in uh, 2023 and into 2024 as as we move through a mild recession and see, um, the, the supply situation, uh, improve further, uh, to meet that level of, of where demand really is. Do you worry about affordability? I do. I do. I think um, I think affordability, there is some concerns when we look at our longer term forecast that some of these lingering uh, pricing and affordability issues remain with the industry. Uh, and that's where I think we could get into a situation where we've squeezed some some new car buyers out of the market that that are going to uh, to just remain in the used car markets. Um so I think there's some risk associated with that. It, it's not substantial, I don't think, at this stage, but it may prevent the industry from getting back to that 17 million unit level that, that we were used to pre-pandemic. And the final question is, of course, the one that has been a topic of this show for, again, for the last year. When, you, you know, when we speak about disruption, we have to say the two letters E and V. So <laughs> where are we in the EV 
uh, disruptive phase. And what's the outlook? Yeah, no, no question about it. Getting a lot of attention. Uh, there's, there's obviously a, a massive transition underway uh, towards, uh, towards electrification, and that's really the whole spectrum of mild all the way through full battery electric. Although um, the full, full bevs get, get all the attention and all the glory these days. But you know, we're definitely seeing a, a significant increase in, in availability of, of vehicles. So launching, uh, launching new EVs. Uh, I think when we look at the U.S. market in particular, and, and look at uh, growth really into the 5% range this year, we're projecting a pretty steep climb of, of battery electric vehicles uh, in the U.S., where, uh, where by 2030, it's in, it's in the mid-30% range uh, by our estimate, and we're pushing towards, say, by 2035, that, that 50% level. Uh, so it's a long road to get there, obviously, uh, and, and we're going to see a, a pretty substantial increase in, in volume and activity between now and then. Um, but there are still quite a few roadblocks in the way uh, that are that are getting dealt with, and that's infrastructure issues. Uh, uh, obviously, price uh, you know price that comes into now as you get a, a larger penetration of of, of BEV vehicles that has uh, uh, implications to price, meaning pushing prices up and again potentially pushing some consumers out of the market. But I think we could get something in the in say the mid 2020s, 25, say to 27, 28, that we would call a BEV boost. And that's from two fronts. That's consumers that are wanting the new technology, wanting uh, a better electric vehicle uh, and, and uh, selling their, their, their ICE before they might have otherwise. And the, the flip side of that is as some vehicles become BEV only and a consumer finds that out and they may want to purchase uh, the ICE version of that vehicle before it's no longer available as well. So there could be a boost to overall volumes, uh, you know, over the next uh, five year period or so. You are always insightful. It's great to be back with you again. And thank you for sharing your, uh, your thoughts on where we are today and most importantly, where, where the road goes next year, Jeff. Thanks very much, Jason. Great talking with you. Thank you. Great to have you on the program. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to my guest, Jeff Schuster of LMC Automotive. Thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time.